60 minutes. I saw them 60 minutes, right? The millennial power, right? I love it. The millennial powers are probably the most gorgeous, right? From an outward adorning standpoint, the best uh, uh, building architectural structure right now in America is in San Francisco. They have 400 multi-million dollar units. Listen to what I'm telling you. They have four in this beautiful glass structured building that makes you go, oh, guy said the other day, y'all gotta watch the series on 60 Minutes. Uh, this couple, right, they left. They said they lost $3 million. They had to just leave their condo. He said what happened one day, he don't even know what happened, a marble dropped. And when the marble dropped, the marble didn't go. He said, whoa, no marble's supposed to go from there to there on its own and come back here. Start making some phone calls like what's going on and what they discovered is that this billion dollar sweet building was built hello hey what's up how's it going good how are you i'm good let me stop the music so we got we got aaron yeah that's me and we got amir yeah all right awesome guys welcome to pass the torch uh you guys are here to learn, right? Yep. Yeah. And wh what do you guys? Why are you guys here? You guys know why you're here? To learn stocks. To learn stocks, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, the the good thing about stocks, um, once you learn stocks, you don't have to relearn it again. Like it's not going to change by the time you guys are in college, or by the time you guys are in adults. The 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 same concepts when it comes to stocks is going to be it's going to be the same. So that's one Good. thing I really like about learning about stocks and trading is because it hasn't changed in the last fifty years or so. So the newest updates that's been to the stock market is adding all those apps. Like, have you heard of Robinhood? Yes. So apps like Robinhood and uh, Rebull. Uh, there's all different types of apps you can download to get yourself started with trading. So um, I have some slides here. Uh, I have about, let's see, I have about eight slides. I have a couple of videos. Um, what do you guys want to do first? Do you want to look at the slides first or do you want to view these quick videos that I have for you guys? Videos. Videos, okay. So uh, most of my videos, um, you can find them on YouTube. Um, these videos are just um, information that I, I pulled that I found it's very important that, that helped me out when I was learning about stocks in the stock market. And uh, the first video, let's see, let me make this full screen. Give me one second. behind all right so this is our slide first slide of the day um we have a ted talk that we're just going to watch maybe three minutes of so let's right. let's watch that real quick and let me know if you can't hear it or if i need to turn it up all right, all right. let's see 
brief commercial. And we're just gonna start this at five. I want to find these rich white folks. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. Okay. So I look for that glimpse. As I further my career in teaching others how to financially manage money and invest, I soon learned that I had to take responsibility for my own actions. True, I grew up in a very complex environment, but I chose to commit crimes and I had to own up to that. I had to take responsibility for that and I did. I was building a curriculum that could teach incarcerated men how to manage money through prison employment. Properly managing our lifestyle will provide transferable tools that we can use to manage money when we re-enter society, like the majority of people did who didn't commit crimes. Then I discovered that according to MarketWatch, over 60% of the American population has under $1,000 in savings. Sports Illustrated said that over 60% of NBA players and NFL players go broke, 40% of marital problems derive from financial issues. What the hell? You mean to tell me that people work their whole lives buying cars, clothes, homes, and material stuff where we're living check to check? How in the world were members of society going to help incarcerated individuals back into society if they couldn't manage their own stuff? We screwed. <laughs> I needed a better plan. This is not going to work out too well. So I thought. I now had an obligation to meet those on the path and help. And it was crazy because I now cared about my community. Wow, imagine that. I cared about my community. Financial illiteracy is a disease that has crippled minorities in the lower class in our society for generations and generations. And we should be furious about that. Ask yourselves this. How can 50% of the American population be financially illiterate in a nation driven by financial prosperity. Our access to justice, our social status, living conditions, transportation and food are all dependent on money that most people can't manage. It's crazy. It's an epidemic and a bigger danger to public safety than any other issue. According to the California Department of Corrections, over 70% of those incarcerated have committed or have been charged with money related crimes robberies, burglaries, fraud, larceny, extortion. And the list goes on. Check this out. A typical incarcerated person would enter the California prison system with no financial education, earn 30 cents an hour, over $800 a year, with no real expenses, and save no money. Upon his parole, he will be given $200 gate money and told, hey, good luck, stay out of trouble, don't come back to prison. With no meaningful preparation or long-term financial plan, what does he do? At 60, get a good job or go back to the very criminal behavior that led him to prison in the first place. You taxpayers, you choose. Well, his education already chose for him probably. So how do we cure this disease? I co-founded a program that we call Financial Empowerment Emotional Literacy. We call it FEEL. And it teaches how do you separate your emotional decisions from your financial decisions. And the four timeless rules to personal finance. 
the proper way to save. Control your cost of living. Borrow money effectively. And diversify your finances by allowing your money to work for you instead of you working for it. Incarcerated people need these life skills before we re-enter society. You can't have full rehabilitation without these life skills. This idea that only professionals can invest and manage money is absolutely ridiculous. And whoever told you that is lying. A professional is a person who knows his craft better than most. And nobody knows how much money you need, have, or want better than you, which means you are the professional. Financial literacy is not a skill, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lifestyle. Financial stability is a byproduct of a proper lifestyle. A financially sound incarcerated person can become a taxpayer citizen. And a financially sound taxpayer citizen can remain one. This allows us to create a bridge between those people who we influence, family, friends, and those young people who still believe that crime and money are related. So let's lose the fear and anxiety for all the big financial words and all that other nonsense that you've been out there hearing. And let's get to the heart of what's been crippling our society from taking care of your responsibility to be better life managers. All right, so um, when I first saw this video, uh, it really struck me because uh, it, it taught me that, you know, even though you're in a, a messed up, he was in a pretty messed up situation, right? He was locked up in jail, but he was also able to uh, learn a skill and learn financial literacy. He's actually learned how to trade stock on the stock market while he was in jail. And uh, and he would, the main points he was saying is that we gotta remove the emotional side of it. So now I'm gonna show you some people getting really emotional. And this is something that happens in the stock market. Um, it happens often uh, than most people think. And uh, this is a reaction to, uh, this is play how, play it out for a second. So this is 1987. This is the stock market. Then on October 19th, the bubble bursts. Just going down and down and down. <laughs> Never stop. I guess the bull market's over, huh? Yeah. Financial disaster up there. On what becomes known as Black Monday, panic sets in, and investors sink the Dow Jones 508 points in frenzied selling. All right, do you hear me? Well, I call it the nearest thing to a meltdown I ever want to say. So that's, uh, and I think that it's for a variety of reasons, though. And, it, and what I'm just saying, I don't think there's any one thing. It's a culmination of things that have been building up for the last nine months. That have led to this and i would certainly call it the worst market i've ever seen in my lifetime or hope to see again i think there's a state of shock and obviously you know so i'm gonna stop playing that uh so do you guys understand what the stock market is um no no okay so 
what the stock market is, is a listing of companies. And all these companies, all what they do, they put their stocks on this market so that people can invest in their companies. So if I, if my company doesn't have X, Y, if my company is X, Y, Z, and if I need money to fundraise for my company, I offer public stock so that people can buy my company so that I can go back and afford, uh, I can afford things in my company. So pretty much what I'm doing is taking out a loan, but at the same time, you guys are becoming a partial owner of my company. So what I'm saying is like, uh, when you purchase a stock into, let's say, do you guys have a, a favorite shoe company? Um, I like Jordans. Jordans. What about you? Nike. <clears throat> Nike. Okay. Let's, 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 let's say Nike, right? We put our money into Nike, right? So let's say we buy a little piece of Nike. If I buy two stocks of Nike, right? Compared to buying one pair of shoes of Nike. If I, which one you think is going to last longer? My two pairs of stocks or my pair of shoes of Nike? Pair of stocks. Pair of stocks, right? Because what, what's really great about stock, you can hold on to stock year after year and stocks pay out dividends. So what dividends are, are since you are partial owner of this company, companies make profits, right? That's why you always hear about companies making profits after each quarter. That means that they have made enough money past their bills, right? Their bills is here. They made enough money to cover those bills, and that means they made a profit. And what they have to do with these profits is pay out the people who own their stock. And those, that is called dividends. And that, that, that is the, uh, one of the best benefits of owning a, a stock because each, each company pays out different, um, pays out at a different time each year. So some companies may pay out once a year and some companies may pay out four times a year. That's, that's when you have to do your own research into the company and learn how often does these companies pay out. So um, that is a, a, a brief summary of what the stock market is. Um, do you guys have any other questions before we move on? How do you buy stocks? How do you buy stock? Yeah. So the way you purchase stock is you have to purchase, usually you purchase through a platform. And these platforms are like the Robin Hoods, the TD Ameritrades, the Webulls. Um, I can give you guys a link of different platforms you can get in. But right now what I'm using is I'm using an app called uh, Thinkorswim. Mm-hmm. And Thinkorswim is the app I use, and that's by TD Ameritrade. And I also use Robinhood. And I also use another app called WeBull, W-E-Bull. And those are 
the three avenues I use to purchase my assets. And, and the reason why I call them assets is because um, what I'm doing is I'm buying stock, but I'm building a portfolio. Like I'm not just buying stock just to buy them. I'm buying them so that each year I'm either purchasing more of the same stock or I'm purchasing, I'm, I'm hopping into another company. But year after year, I will have a group of stocks that I've purchased each year. And that's my goal when I'm purchasing my stocks so that I know these companies really well and I'm, I'm buying up enough of these stocks so I know because I know what these stocks are doing because I'm purchasing them and I'm checking on my stocks week after week, um, just depending on how you do it. But some people like to check on their stocks every day just to make sure that they're, they're going in the right direction. But good thing about the stock market is if you look at it for the last 10 years, 15 years, the last 20 years, it's been going up. It's been going up. So that's really promising when it comes to um, investors. And uh, yeah, uh, let's, let's see. We got one more. Let's watch this quick little video real Everyone quick. And we're just going to watch uh, 60 seconds of this. A lot of people might not know. Um, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I get that question sometimes too, like how do you buy stock? So it's relatively easy to do now, right? Yeah. Like they have apps like Robinhood, yeah. like you say, SkyTrade, um, Sky E-Trade, yeah. uh, e stuff like that, where you yeah. can just go online and create a username, password, and yeah. you know, to link it to your bank account and you yeah. can just buy stock. That part is relatively easy to do. Yeah. But the, the next part is what people stumble. Because the thing that I think people have problems with stock is that, okay, they know how to do it, but which stock do I buy, right? It's kind of like just throwing darts at the board blind. So when yeah. you end up just randomly picking Netflix, hoping yeah. it goes up, right? Yeah. So like you, you had something interesting. You said to us, as far as like, when looking at stock, it's good to know like what you're interested in, yeah. right? Can you just talk about that? I think the biggest thing for me to help me learn was picking areas of interest because the knowledge sticks, right? We all had classes in school that we didn't like, like we didn't like, I didn't like earth science. I'm like, I really didn't like <laughs> so, Like it didn't stick. Even though like, you know, you pass a class, you get a B or whatever you're gonna get in the class, right? But the information didn't stick with me because it wasn't an interesting topic. And right. You started to get through it. Yeah, you kind of want to get through it. In this forum, right, I want to pick something that I'm interested in because when I read it, I'm going to retain it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to build on top of it. So you're kind of an architect, right? I say my motto for myself every day is that I'm the architect of my legacy, right? And I'm, every day I'm putting a brick down for my legacy because you don't get to tell people to say you're not here. So the same thing goes forward every other place in life where it's like, all right, I'm the architect of my portfolio. I'm the architect of my knowledge base. I'm the architect of whatever it is I'm doing, I'm building. And it's never going to be finished, right? It's like a skyscraper. You're just going to keep on building on top of building, right? Your interest is what's going to lead you to adding more bricks because if you're interested in tech, well, somehow you'll probably end up in media, right? And if you're interested in that, you might end up in telecom and all, so on and so forth, right? And all of a sudden you have this wide knowledge base because you started here, but your interests help you build more bricks to kind of build your mental skyscraper, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say start there because you want to own this exercise, right? 
Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, you want the sexy things. You want to go to your friends and say, hey, yeah, you know, I own Facebook. Right. Right. Snapple. Right. <laughs> sexy. Everybody wants to own that. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing is starting off with interest so that you can build a knowledge base and you can start to build your own mental skyscraper that's going to hopefully take you places. Uh, financially and mentally, where you're growing in both spaces. Right. So that's like more of. All right. So uh, he gave in a nutshell. Uh, he was talking about how stocks work, and um, let's get back to my slides. So uh, welcome to Pass the Torch, you guys. Uh, we're this is our first class of its kind. So I, I really want to appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, here at Pastor Torch, uh, we share knowledge, we share equity, and we unify on financial literacy and trading and investing. Um, we started last year out of the need of just people having that knowledge and having a, a safe place where they can come and talk to you about financial literacy. Um, yeah, and what we want to do is make sure that people are making money in their sleep, which is passive income. So uh, when when you wake up in the morning, do you guys know when the stock market starts? No. So every morning, the stock market starts at, for our time, for California time, it starts at 6.30. And it goes from Monday through Friday. It goes from 6.30 to, uh, to 2.30. And a reason why it runs like that because we have three time zones. And usually the market opens around six o'clock in New York time. And it runs all day to three o'clock their time. So uh, th that is the time where the stock market is open. And that is the time, uh, depending on the app you use, most apps only let you purchase stock when the stock market is open. So that's very important to know when to buy your stock. What time is a great time to buy your stock? Because sometimes, most of the times when the market opens, um, it opens on a trend where all the stock's prices are up. So uh, sometimes it's better to wait throughout the day and make sure that you're buying into the price of the stock so that you're not overpaying for the stock. So it's very good to learn to be patient. Um, if you guys download um, on Webull or TD Ameritrade, they have uh, apps where you can just use paper money and not real money. So the good thing is about that, you can give yourself $1,000 in paper money and practice with that and purchase stocks and see how they do and see how you do with $1,000 of paper money. You know, that I think you guys can do that in between yourselves and see if you guys can download those apps. That's, that's gonna be one of your homework assignments. See if you guys can download an, an app, either Webull or TD Ameritrade and see what you can do with $1,000 after the end of the week. All right. All right. That can be a challenge for you guys. So uh, we can come back to that. 
And uh, do you guys have any questions? Um, can you still buy a stock without using the app? Um, so the only way you can really purchase apps without using apps is to, hmm, is to use a company's website instead. And then they might communicate to you through paper, through, through paper, or, you know, they might send you something in the mail, you know, send you something some mail and you can fill it out on paper. Um, yeah, there's, there's E-Trade you can do, that's a website you can use. And, uh, but yeah, the most, most, the most ways people use, most people use apps to purchase most of their stock nowadays. So that's pretty much it for that. Uh, let's see. So this is our course outline. So uh, this is week one. It's gonna be introduction to stocks. Week two, um, we're gonna talk about the investor mindset. Week three, we're gonna talk about researching stocks. Week four, we're gonna practice with paper money. So we're gonna get a chance to download an app and see how it is to play around with paper money. And then um, week five, we're gonna, we're gonna research uh, some companies uh, for Black History Month to wrap it up. All right. All right. So uh, as far as, as as far as that project right there, um, you guys can get started this week by finding Black-owned companies on the stock market. Um, you can do that by Googling it and then just kind of tracking down a group of Black-owned companies that are on the stock market kind of researching their price, how much are they, what are their market value, um, what industry they're in. Um, you can search uh, using Yahoo or Google to, to start researching these companies. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the course outline. Do you guys have any questions about what's coming up? No. Okay. You guys, you guys think I should add anything as far as covering all these items? Is there, is there anything you think I'm leaving out? No, but I do have a question about the paper money. So, okay. um, so when you're using it, the so like when you're using it, does it have like fake companies to go with the fake money, and then that's how you uh, do it, or is it like real companies? That's a good question. So, uh, Aaron, uh, I would say they use real companies and they use their real figures. And the only thing that's fake is, is the money that you use. So uh, they used the real figures from the real company, which is a great practice, right? It's, yeah. You're not risking anything and all you're gaining is knowledge from it. So I feel like it's a, a great tool especially to get started with before you start to risk your own money. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is trying to gain through the stock market and we're not trying to lose our money. 
And we're trying to do it in a way where we're making calculated risk and we're making risks that, uh, that we're knowledgeable about what's going on with these companies. So, um, so yeah, um, these companies that are on the paper money, they use their real information. So you're using real, like let's say for example, you had a thousand dollars, right? And uh, you took your thousand dollars and you said, okay, I wanna buy some stock, but let's say you guys are competing. Let's say, uh, let's say Aaron, you, you bought some Tesla stock, right? Mm -hmm. And this Tesla stock cost about 800, Tesla is around $800 right now per stock. So you buy one Tesla stock and then you and then you buy, let's say, what's another company? You buy one Tesla stock compared to your brother. He bought, let's say he bought 10 Nike stock because Nike, let's say Nike is at $100 right now. Right. At the end of the week, when it comes to who made the most money, who do you think made more, more money after stock? Amir. Okay. Why do you think Amir made more money? Because I think Nike sells more shoes than Tesla sells cars. Right. And at the same time, the dividends from his 10 the payout from the 10 stocks compared to your one stock, right? The the compound interest, the let's say his 10 stock, he got $10 from each stock, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the week, he had to pay out $10 for each stock, right? While you have your one stock and your and your payout for that one stock was $10 as well. So that's also the one way you're winning as well, is when you're purchasing a group of stocks, you get the benefits of learning all those stocks of, of getting the dividends from all those stocks compared to purchasing one stock that has a huge value, but the dividends is, is still the same. So I, at the end of the day, it's all about how much dividends you can compound in your portfolio. And when I say portfolio, do you guys know what I mean when I say portfolio? Um, your list of people that you've invested in? Yeah. So it's a list, it's a list of businesses that you have ownership of. So when you buy stock, you're actually buying a piece of that company. So uh let's see. We have a couple things. Week one, intro to stock markets. What is stock? What is a stock park one? So a stock is a piece of ownership of a company. And how do you invest and profit off stock? So the only way you can profit off a stock, right? If you buy it at a certain price, right? And what, what happens to the prices of stocks when they're in the stock market? They raise or, uh, or they go down. Yeah, yeah. they go down. Yeah, so they go up and they go down, right? So the only way you can make money off the stock market, right, is if the stock goes up, right? Yes. Yeah, so let's say I purchase some stocks, right? And let's say 
I purchased some Nike stocks last week, right? And then the next week, um, the price goes under $100, right? If I sell my stock and my price is and they're under $100, right? Would I be making money or losing money off those stocks? Losing. Losing, right? So what, what's the good thing about stocks? They go up and down, up and down, up and down. Sometimes they take a huge deep end. And usually the, the main reasons why stocks fail is sometimes they have a merger, right? So that means they have, they have having a partnership with another company and they have pretty much taken over that stock. And sometimes stocks can get removed off the stock market completely. That's why it's important to pay attention to what's going on and what's okay. going to happen. Because some happened to me as well. I own some stock and, and then um, one day they lost all their value. So I ended up losing, it was only, these stocks are, they're just little cheap stocks that I had, but they're only a couple bucks. So, um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, you pretty much wanna, you wanna buy when the stock is low. And then once the stock takes off and starts gaining profit, you want to sell when it's higher. So and then uh, each stock pays out quarterly or yearly dividends depending on the stock. Guys, give me one second. Uh, text, text message. All right. So, uh, Let's see, we have two more videos. Um, let's let's get through this TD Ameritrade. Let's see if it can play for us. So this video is from TD Ameritrade and it's a quick video. Give me one second. You guys can hear those airplanes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they always are too loud over here, man. So uh, here's a quick video. It's a four minute video. And yeah, let's get into it. Learning about investing is a lot like learning to ride a bike. At first, it may look intimidating or complicated. Dangers seem to be everywhere. That's why it's important to learn the basics and ways you can help minimize risk and protect yourself. After a good amount of practice and learning, you can take the training wheels off and really start riding. Along the way, the roads may change. There'll be good days and bad days. And while learning to ride doesn't guarantee you a spot in the Tour de France, riding a bike could get you where you want to go a little faster. Let's start with the basics and look at one of the most common investments, stocks. A stock represents partial ownership of a company. When you purchase a stock, you're buying a piece or a share of a company. By owning a share, you own a small fraction of the company's assets and have a claim on its future earnings. There are two ways you can make money by investing in stock. The first is through stock appreciation, when a stock you own goes up in value. If an investor bought the stock at one price and the price went up, 
the investor could then make money by selling the stock to another investor at the higher price. The second way is through a dividend. This is a periodic payment issued by some stocks. A dividend is a way for a company to give a portion of its earnings to shareholders. Here's an example of how stocks work. Suppose there's a company called Bull Flag Cycling. This company makes bikes, really good bikes. The bikes are so good, in fact, the company wants to expand, so it can sell more bikes to people all around the world. To do this, the company needs to raise money, also known as capital. There are a few ways this company could do this. It could take out a loan, but that would mean taking on a significant amount of debt. Or it could issue shares of stock. By issuing stock, which is called going public, the company can raise money without going into debt. Instead, it sells shares of ownership and a claim on future earnings to investors. So let's meet a typical investor. Our investor is someone who has a little extra cash. He's looking for an investment that has the potential to offer better returns than a savings account. And he's willing to accept the higher risks of investing in a stock. He thinks bull flag cycling is a promising company that's likely to grow. Because of this, he thinks buying a share would be a good investment. So how much does a share cost? Suppose the company decides to raise $1 million and it decides to issue 1,000 shares of stock. Because each share represents a fraction of the company's worth and there are 1,000 shares, each share represents one one-thousandth of full flag cycling. Because the company is raising $1 million at the initial public offering, or IPO, each share would be initially valued at $1,000. Let's suppose the price doesn't change after the IPO, so our investor purchases a single share on the open market through his online stockbroker for $1,000. Now, let's see what could happen to his investment. If the company does well and profits increase, the value of the company is likely to go up. As a result, the stock price may increase as well. Assuming the price of the stock goes up, our investor could oh, now turn a profit by selling his shares to another investor in the stock market. However, if the company's ventures don't go as planned, its value could decrease, and so could the stock price. If this happens, our investor could lose money if he decides to sell at the current price. When it comes to investing in the stock market, the basic goal is to buy when prices are low and sell when prices are high. But stocks in the stock market don't always go up. Sometimes they stay the same, and sometimes they go down. And sometimes prices change quickly. Because of this, stocks are considered riskier than other historically safer investments such as bonds or CDs. However, investors keep coming back to the stock market. Why? Because with this increased risk comes the potential for greater returns. Savvy investors take precautions to try to minimize risk, like creating an investing plan, adding diversity to their portfolios by investing in a variety of companies, putting money in other investments besides stocks, and learning trading strategies for up, down, and sideways markets. Now you know some of the basics about investing in stocks, but that's just the beginning. You can learn more with our award-winning investment. All right. You guys have any questions about this video? Um, yeah. How do you sell stocks? How do you sell stocks? Yeah. So uh, once you purchase some stocks and you hold on to some stocks, um, the same way that you buy stocks in an app, the same way you're going to sell it. So there's just going to be an, a button, a buy and sell button. 
saying you're gonna just gonna and once you sell those those stocks uh you have to set it a timeline and tell the app um when do you want it to sell do you want it to sell now do you want it to sell at the end of the day or do you want to sell after hours once the market's closed so you have some options when it comes to, and the same thing when it comes to buying you can do the same thing you can tell the app how much you want to buy the stock for what time to buy it at and how much you want to buy it for and those are specific orders you can get give for the app when you're purchasing it so um we have another video here um did you guys download the cotton canopy or get it on your uh get it on your phone or phone, yeah. ipad yeah i have it on my phone you have it on your phone okay so we're gonna watch this um there's there's some uh, economic videos economic videos you can you can watch on Khan Academy. I highly suggest you guys spending some time watching it and checking it out. And here's one video from that. And this is a 13 minute. Uh, what it means to own shares or stock in a company. Shares or stock. And I think we all have a general sense, but what I wanna do in this video is make it a little bit more tangible to really understand exactly what you're buying when you buy a share of stock. So the general sense, and this is exactly what it really is, is when you buy stock or you buy shares, you're you're essentially becoming a partial or a part owner of the company. Part of company. And just to contrast this with bonds, because they're often kind of used in the same phrasing, oh, I'm gonna go buy some stocks or bonds, or I deal with stocks and bonds. Bonds, bonds, you become part lender to the company, part lender to the company. And uh, I didn't mention bonds before, but bonds is another financial tool you can buy into so that investors can be part lenders. So there's a difference between being a lender and an owner. So a lender is saying that as a business, I need a loan. So the business people are taking a loan out compared to owner offering people ownership. Do you guys get the difference? Yeah. So uh so it's one person giving money to the company. Mm-hmm. Keep going. That's what it is. So so the difference is that. When it comes to bonds, right, it's a loan. So that means the owner of the company, they say, we need a loan, right? But we're, we're not gonna pay you back the loan right away. We're gonna pay you back at $500 at a time, right? But mm -hmm. when it comes to stock, right, they're gonna break it down to even more or smaller, right? Because we're gonna say, hey, if we only own two shares of my company when it comes to stock all i have to pay you out is let's say two of those stocks you get a three dollar payout right compared to bonds you get a higher payout because the bonds life the life um life life of the the time life of the of a bond only lasts about five to ten years compared to stocks 
stocks live as long as the companies live. So you forever have a stock compared to having a bond because a bond lasts for five to 10 years compared to a stock where it can last. You know, there's some companies that have been over around over a hundred years. So I hope that answered your question. So yeah, let's keep it rolling. If, oh, I have another question. I have another question. Go ahead. So when with bonds, it's a bunch of people giving money to the company, right? Yes. Is it possible for one person to just give all the money to the company? Uh, well, if you were, if you own the company, right, would you just want mm -hmm. one person to give you money or do you want everybody's money? Uh, everybody yeah you want everybody so the, the more money you get to invest in your company the more things you can build out with your company right so let's take tesla right what does tesla do they make cars they make cars all right what else do they do i don't know did you know that they make batteries no <laughs> So they, they make batteries and they make um, batteries so that when you when you plug your car in, because they make electric cars, right? Mm -hmm. So when you plug in your battery at night, they are the ones who make it so that people can plug in at their homes or plug in at you know the local shopping area. So they also make batteries as well. Uh, what else do they make? Uh, I don't know. So if, I, I don't know if you know this, but they're also going to make a self-driving car as well. Oh, yeah. So that. What Tesla does really, really well is what they do with people. If you own a Tesla, what you can do with a Tesla car is you buy features, right? So mm -hmm. let's say you want the Tesla car to have a feature, there's this, there's this feature called insanity mode on the car. And the car goes from zero to 60 in three seconds. You can purchase that as a feature on your Tesla. Um, there's another feature where you can track your car from anywhere in the world. And you can see where it's at how fast it's going, where it's going, and all that. That's another feature you can purchase through Tesla. So uh, what they did really cool with the Tesla is they're able, people who own a car are able to buy all these features. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So let's get through this video. And let's see, we got like 10 more minutes. So this video, uh, let's keep going. Any more questions? Before? No. Okay, all right. I'll just say a face value bond of, let's say it's $10, let's say it's $1,000. And there's a thousand people who do that. Each of you all are lending $1,000 to the company. And since there's a thousand of you, you're lending a million dollars to the company. And I'm not gonna go into detail on that because the focus of this is going to be stock, but it's good to keep in mind that they're very different things. Here you're owning the company, here you're lending the company. So just to get make this a little bit more tangible, exactly what we're owning. Let me draw a simple balance sheet for some company X. So this is company, let me do a new color. 
let's say we're dealing with company, company X right here. And let's say if we looked at company X's assets, and when we talk about assets, it really is the same thing that we mean in the real world or in our everyday life when we talk about assets. They're things that have value, things that are going to give us some type of future benefit. A house. Do you guys know what an asset is? Uh, something that you have that can grow in value. Yep. Write that down. So what are assets that we have in life? Um, houses. What was that? Houses. Houses. Yes. What else? Um, companies. Yes. Business ownership. Yep. What else? What's another asset? Uh, maybe our cars assets or no? Yep. Yep. If they, if you keep them up and they still run, yep. They could be an asset. Um, you are jewelry assets or no? Uh, can you sell jewelry for higher value? It only, um, depending on if you wear it, I think. Yeah. So it depends on, it depends on, uh, how well you take care of it. Right. Yes. What's another asset? So you mentioned jewelry. I mean, not just jewelry, but uh, I want to say just precious, precious metals like gold, silver, copper. You can also purchase that on the stock market as well. You can also purchase that as a stock, which is kind of cool. So you don't have to walk around with gold in your pocket. Imagine if you buy all these gold plates and you know, just lugging those around and it gets pretty heavy. So now you can purchase that on the stock exchange. Yeah. So let's, let's see what, what Saul has to say about assets. The future benefit of being able to live in it and protecting us from cold weather and rain. Cars are assets because they give provide us some transportation. Cash is an asset because it can be exchanged for things we need in the future. So all of these, a loan to someone else is an asset because in the future they will pay us back. A loan to me is a liability, which we'll talk about in a second. But anyway, let me let just in the very abstract sense, say this is company X's assets. And let's say that they're worth $100 million. $100 million. And I'm not gonna go into exactly how this number is determined or who's determining it or who's saying this is 100 million. But let's just say this is, we agree that this is how much their land and their patents and their copyrights and their cash and, and, and their buildings and everything else they have is worth. All of the things that will generate future value. Now, let's say that company X has also borrowed some money and maybe they borrowed it by issuing bonds, which I will not go into detail on. So let's say they borrowed some money so they owe some people collectively $80 million, $80 million. This could have been with a straight uh, debt from a bank, or this could have been via a bond issue. They might have issued, uh, maybe they issued a million bonds where each of those are essentially represent a debt of $80. I won't go into that too much, but I think you get the idea what I mean, part lender. But this is debt, $80 million of debt right here. Let's say that's all of their liabilities. There are other liabilities other than debt. But for simplicity, let's say that's their only liability and that debt tends to be the biggest. Now, what's left for the owners? 
And a good way to think about that is what would happen if, if this company were sold and the debt paid off? So if the company were sold and these assets really are able to be sold for $100 million, you get $100 million, you'd have to pay the debt holders, you'd have to pay off the debt first. So you'd have 100 minus 80, you'd have $20 million left for the owners. We've got this other green color. So you'd have $20 million left. $20 million left. And this is called the equity or the owner's equity. Owner's, owner's equity. This is completely the same idea as when people talk about having equity in a house. If I have a $300,000 house and I still have $200,000 left on the mortgage, then I have $100,000 in equity. So it's completely analogous. And so you can see very simply that assets, I'll write this down, you're getting a little bit of an introduction to accounting right here, but assets are going to always... So you mentioned accounting. So if you want to get into stocks also, Make sure you brush up on your accounting skills as well. So just letting you guys know that. All right. Okay. Be equal to liabilities plus equity. Because essentially, or you can view it this way, if you subtract liabilities from both sides, assets minus liabilities is equal to equity. This might be a little bit more intuitive. What we have left over is always what we own minus what we owe. That is what the owners have. Now, when we say that I'm part owner of a company, that means that I'm, I have a piece of this pie right here. This is what I am a part owner of, the equity. So for example, if we have, if there are 2 million shares, so company X, let's say they have 2 million, 2 million shares. So, and let's say that the equity is really worth $20 million. How much is each share worth if we believe all of these numbers? Well, we have $20 million of equity, 20, million of equity of equity divided by 2 million shares divided by 2 million shares which gets us $10 $10 of equity of equity per share so if we believe all of these numbers then and we and we know that company X has 2 million shares then we would say that each share is worth $10 and if we like these numbers and if someone was willing to sell us a share for less than that we would buy it if someone was uh, willing to pay more than that maybe we would sell it and just to make all of this a little bit more tangible let's look at an actual example of a company to show you that I'm not making all of this stuff up I got this off of your traditional financial sources. This is actually from the filings of this unnamed company. And you'll get extra bonus points if you figure out what this company is. And this is their, their actual stock trading activity. And I just wanna draw the same diagram that I drew up here, the same diagram that I drew up here to really on this company. So you can kind of see that this is actually happens in the real world. So first let's draw their assets. Let's draw this, let's say this is company X. And let's say this, these are its assets right there assets let's go to its balance sheet this is actually what they reported this is june 30th so uh so i, I just want to stop the video real quick so do you guys know what we're looking at right now um yeah. their equity so yeah we're we're looking at their their balance sheet so remember how we were talking about assets earlier yeah mm -hmm. so we're looking at a list of assets that the companies own. So there's assets and then there's liabilities. The way I like to look at liabilities is like um, bills. 
pretty much things that take away from the company. And when I, the way I look at assets are, are things that add value to the company. And that's a simple way I like to think about assets and liabilities. And um, what what's really cool about uh, the stock market is we're actually looking at the equity. So we're looking at the profits that the investors get compared to uh, the liabilities and assets. We're not really looking not looking into that. We're looking at how much are how much equity are the stakeholders or the investors getting. That's what we're trying to calculate right now. So let's see what Saul does with his calculations. I want to take the more recent date. This is, you know, they're just trying to compare to what they had before. And let's look at these. This is some time ago, but it doesn't matter. We're learning because we're not trying to decide whether we want to invest in this right now. This is a very old financial statement, but let's just look at what they're saying. So they have our total assets here, 30 million, I'll just do round numbers, $30 million right there. So 30 million, you might be curious about, hey, what's all this current asset business? Those are things that are either cash or that can be turned into cash within the next year. So for example, accounts receivable, that's money that other maybe vendors owe them that they're going to pay very soon. Inventories, these are things that they have maybe in the warehouse that they can sell and turn into cash very quickly. Other current assets, maybe that stock or some other type of investment that they could sell and turn into cash. So they have 18 million of current and current assets. That's things that they can turn into cash very easily and very quickly, definitely within the next year. Then you have some property, plant, and equipment. This is kind of that land and buildings and and, and machinery that I talked about. And then who knows what these other assets are. Maybe those are trademarks or patents or, or who knows what they are. But all in all, they have $30 million of assets. Now let's go to the liabilities. So they have some, they have some current liabilities, 16 million. Current liabilities, just so you know, those are liabilities. These are things that they have to pay in cash within the next year. It could be debt, it could be payables. They have to pay some other vendors. Who knows what it is? But you can kind of view it as debt on some level, maybe debt that you have to pay in the next year. And then they have a long-term debt of five and a half million. If you add these two up, you get pretty close to about 20, 22 million. So just for simplicity, I'll put it over here is 22 million. So this company has 22 million in liabilities, 22 million liabilities. These are their assets just to get all the labeling right. So what's left for equity? We'll just draw it on this simple diagram. We have 8 million left for equity. 8 million left for equity. And actually they did the calculation here for us. The exact number is 8.39 or 8.4 million in equity. But this is a nice round number for us to show it. So this is real world stuff that we're dealing with. And if you wanted to know kind of if you believe these numbers, if you believe that this company's assets really are worth $30 million, what should you pay for it? Well, then you're going to divide by the total number of shares. And you'll see this in some financial statements. And I won't go into the details of the difference between basic and diluted, but the numbers are very, very close. So we don't have to do uh, worry about it too much. But let's just say that this company has 2.7, looks like 2.78 million shares. So if the book value is 8.396, I mean, I wrote eight here, how much should each of these shares, uh, how much should each of these, and when I say book value, that means this is, a, these are their books. According to their books, 
the equity is worth 8.4 million. So if we if we really believe that the equity is worth 8.4 million, how much should each share worth be worth? Well, we'll just divide 8.4 million. We'll just have to divide 8.4 million. 8.4 million. This is actually 8.4. I wrote 8 there for simplicity. Divided by the number of shares, 2.78 million. So that's a million, and that's a million. And I'll get a calculator out for this one right here. So let's see if we're doing 8. Point four million divided by 2.78 million shares. So according, if we believe these numbers, if we believe the books, the book value of the shares is about three, $3.02 per share. So this is $3.02 per share, book value per share. That's what we should be willing to pay for this, or what we think a fair price per share of this company is, if we think these assets are really worth $30 million. Now, what are people actually paying for these shares? Well, that's... All right. So, guys, it's actually, we're coming up to an hour right now. Um, we're going to save the rest for, for next Tuesday. Uh, let's do a quick little questions, little quick discussion about what we did today. And let me get back to my slides. Uh, so let's wrap it up. So uh, do you guys have any questions about what we went over today as far as what is a stock, what is a stock market, financial literacy? Um, no. Okay. So I'm gonna send you an email with this with these slides on it, so you can have it, and um, and I also have a list of stocks. You can guys can start researching. Um, there's, there's a website called uh, Stock Charts. Um, stock Charts or, or BarCharts.com, and you can use that website to actually look up a company. But in order to look up a company, you have to look up its symbol or its acronym. So in order to look up um, a lot of company, you have to know their symbol first so you can find it faster. So like, uh, for example, uh, Nike symbol is NKE and Tesla's symbol is, um, I think it's either T or TL, TLA, but yeah, you have to know your company's symbol in order to look it up and right. uh, have a list of companies you guys can look up on your, when you have some free time. And um, yeah, we're just gonna wrap up today. And uh, I'm gonna give you guys all the links to the videos that we watch so you can watch it on your, on your, on your own time. And um, yeah, um, do you guys have any questions about anything moving forward? And um, as far as the next time we're going to check in, I think we're going to check in next Tuesday and we're going to do this for the next five weeks. All right. Yep. So Amir, sir, do you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions. Is this, is, is this where you guys, if you guys want me to slow it down, I can move exactly as you guys want. But if you want me to rev it up and, and speed it up, I can do that also. So just let me know if I'm moving too fast or too slow. And I can move it faster, uh, depending on how you guys want me to move this. All right. I have okay. a question, though. I do have a question. Yes. So, 
you know how it's you can buy and sell like when you're buying and selling is there anything else that like that you have to pay for like do you have to pay to keep your uh piece or no so um when it comes to using certain platforms and buying and selling each platform is different so as far as td ameritrade they might charge you after a certain amount of trades as far as using Robinhood, they don't charge you until you make a trade. So um, each platform is different. You have to read up on each platform in order to know what's the cost of the of the trade or, or the move. So um, yeah, it just depends on what platform you're using. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amir, any questions, sir? No. I don't have any questions. Do, do you have do you have a company that you would like to buy in first? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? But I'll check later though. Do you guys understand what what is what a stock is? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's a piece of a company. So you know, I I remember my first time buying a stock and let me see how old was I. I was I was in college. I was uh, a junior in college when I bought my first stock and I used E-Trade at the time and I bought it online and I felt really proud of myself, but I didn't know what I had. I didn't understand that stock, you're supposed to build up portfolio, you know, just like at work at school, right? You have all this work at the end of the year. You're like, you show the teacher, oh, I have all this work I've been doing. You do the same thing with stocks. You buy your stocks and you show your positions at the end of the year, you'd be like, oh, wow, I have all these companies under my belt. What am I gonna do the next year? And you just, year after year, you just keep on building and building your portfolio. Before you know it, you have a whole bunch of assets that are paying out dividends. But you also gotta keep your eye on the market. So yeah, that's pretty much stock markets in a nutshell. Um, if you guys have any questions, you have my email and my phone number. And um, yeah, just give me a text if you have any questions. If I don't know the answer, I can throw your, I can put your questions on Pastor Torch and we can let some other people answer your questions if I can't find the answer. So um, if you guys, please, if you have any questions about anything, let me know, send me a text, send me an email, and I'll make sure your questions get answered. All right. Uh, guys, it's been, it's been so fun today. Um, this is the first time we've, we've done a class like this. And I want to thank you guys for paying attention this whole time. And yeah, man, let's, let's rock out for, for next Tuesday at five o'clock. All right. All right. All right. All right, guys. Have a good night. You, you too. too. All right. Bye-bye.